Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We have our usual panel today. We've got Adam and Rhiannon and myself. Uh, I'm Caleb. I guess I should say that. I don't say that sometimes. People don't know who I am. Uh, how's your week going, guys? Uh, have you had a Amazing. lovely time? Amazing. A lovely time at what? Just in life? Yeah. Has life yeah. been good? Yes. Life's been very good. Life has been good. Hey, I got in-game tickets. Eventually. Good lord, <laughs> after you flew off the handle at us. You're freaking Dude! out for a moment there. Good lord. Dude, you can tell me forever that something is on April 2nd. Which you didn't. I mean, you said it, but, you know, like... But that doesn't mean that I remember that this day is April 2nd. Do you guys not notice on Twitter I have a friend that tells me every time it's new comic book day and that I need to read comics? Don't lecture me! I'm not <laughs> lecture. I'm just saying, I mean, I wasn't sure if you were being serious or, or what, but then eventually I'm like, I don't want to I don't wanna poke the bear any more than I already have. Given the level of responsibility that Rhiannon has at work, it does terrify me a little bit because she doesn't know what day it is. <laughs> you know, my boss has expressed the same concern. <laughs> so let's just jump right into the whole ticket deal. So tickets went on sale and they sold a lot of them, like more in six hours than anyone's ever sold of any movie ever in a day on Fandango and AMC. Um, also a lot of these websites crashed, uh, Rhiannon, it took you a little while to get in. Were you frustrated by the experience yesterday or? I, I mean, one, I can't just stop my job and try to get tickets that, you know, as you stated, <laughs> can't, like, I still have to get stuff done that requires some concentration. Um, so yeah, it was frustrating. And the thing, like the AMC website was completely non-functional for like four or five hours. It wasn't just that, like, oh, it was frustrating, or oh, it was kind of slow. It was non-functional. Um, so yeah, that was frustrating. That was aggravating. I, uh, I had a whole bunch of Fandango. Fandango had a cool waiting room thing. See, that's the thing. Like, if I had known that it was going to be um, war, I'd have prepared. Like, gotten my Comic Con ticket buying strategies down i'd have had the multiple browsers open i just didn't plan for ticket buying war um but i got a nice middle middle seat for the five five o'clock fan showing at a theater that's you know in the same state and um hopefully it won't matter i'll hopefully i'll get to get to an earlier screening which was the one thing it wasn't too frustrating for me because I'm fairly certain I have tickets to an earlier screening. I figured the moment I bank on that, that I wouldn't get it, and then I wouldn't have a ticket, and then I fly to Europe the day after the show comes out. So, yeah. That's going to make it really hard for us to record a podcast about it, too. <laughs> it is. Now I have plans. Don't worry. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Adam, <laughs> are you, uh, have you got tickets at the best theater in Iowa? I did. Hell Yeah. It's, uh, I did. Um, those are all done. That was the very first, the very first thing I did. A little, I didn't camp out, um, but I was certainly up much earlier than I needed to be. Um, I was surprised. Uh, you know, obviously we said it could be April 2nd and it actually was. Um, but yeah, I, I managed to get them fairly early. 
um, before everything went down. Yeah, I mean, AMC's website was broke, broke, like completely offline, um, which has never, ever happened before. I, I guess there was some problems everywhere with Infinity War. Uh, I didn't. I thought Infinity War did very well in the pre-sales, but it was barely in the top five. It was fourth in Fandango's rankings. Um, so for not only Endgame to dwarf Infinity War, but it dwarfed Infinity War when three other movies were ahead of Infinity War. It's going to be crazy. I, I think the box office numbers are going to be much higher than anyone ever anticipated. And that that's a whole other discussion, right? I mean, it could be absolutely ginormous. So I'm on at 8 o'clock to get my tickets. And I made the mistake of going through the website for my local theater chain, which is crap. And so it's like 8.02, nothing's showing up. Then I go to Fandango, and they're on sale, and like already half of them are gone for the showing that I want. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll take this one. I click on a ticket, error. Click on a different seat, error. So then I run and I get on my laptop and they're like, oh, we're all sold out of the six o'clock. And I'm like, ah, so then I go and I go to get a later one. And just in case, like once I had my seats like locked in, they give you like the seven minutes to buy or whatever. Once I had those locked in, I went back in for the earlier one and it had been another error and the there were seats available and they were decent. And so I was like, oh, I'll take those. And then I'm scrambling to put my credit card info in and it was terrifying. It was 15 minutes of just pure adrenaline. I did not enjoy this experience one little bit. I am not a fan of this. Do you not use Fandango often or why'd you have to re-enter your card stuff? Uh, I don't know. I just, uh, the other thing, oh, and this is, I probably shouldn't air this grievance on the podcast, but my wife always requires that we use the cinema rewards number so that we get money off on tickets. You know, like we, there's a rewards program with our local chain that if you put the number in every like a hundred dollars, you get five bucks off a of popcorn or something. And she's like thrusting the card in front of my face. And I'm like, excuse me, dear. I have more important things to do right now <laughs> than to worry about your free popcorn. And she's like, well, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. And it was just, it was the whole thing. So anyways. Five bucks off popcorn. They give you like 1% off the whole popcorn, huh? (laughs) 1%, yeah. (laughs) Well, but I mean, like if Caleb's taking his whole family to see it, that's almost 100 bucks right there. (laughs) Absolutely, right. I mean. Yeah, we're we're actually going twice. I'll go with my wife as just me and her because that's a thing we do. And then we'll take the oldest kiddo on Saturday, so. Adam, no, I never use Fandango. I always use AMC Stubs. Always. Well, see, there's not... I'm not sure there's an AMC in Iowa. Oh, see. I always just use, like, my AMC stuff, and that's why AMC being down completely screwed me up. Because I didn't... Like, I don't use AMC has a movie pass. Better movie pass now, too, right? Ooh, and those people are peeved. They, um, because like evidently you're supposed to get access to tickets before everybody else. And like you pay $20 a month. It's like the movie pass thing. And like even those folks weren't able to buy tickets. And some of them went out and bought a ticket at Regal when they're already paying $20 a month for this AMC Stubbs thing. Like there are a lot of really mad AMC customers this week. Not me, because I got a really good ticket. 
And I, I mean, I don't. People just need to chill out, right? I mean, the theater I went to, they staggered showings like every twenty minutes, I think, or every fifteen, even. Like I know uh, the the two choices I had were either six, six fifteen, seven forty five, like seven fifteen. I'm like. At one point, the only ticket I was able to get was at ten thirty at night. And there's how many theaters around me? Right. And that was the only one I could get. Like, okay, I wasn't willing to take that front row where you can't really see the movie and everything. That was all I could find. So that's not a chilling out. That's a, I might have to go 24 hours and be spoiled. Also, there's a few factors, Adam, that you're not considering. Like, if you want a particular format, like if you want IMAX or you want 3D or, you know, one of these premium seat things or whatever, like, right, right. Though, there's not many, like, for us, we have one IMAX screen in our entire state, so. Hey, join like, the club, man. Yeah, so if you want that, like, that limits your options, and then a lot of them have assigned seating now, and, I, you know, so, like. Right. So it's like, oh, yeah, sure, there's availability on all these times if I want to sit on the third row, or if I want to sit on the very last row on the far, like, left side, you know, like. So the, the thing that bugs me, and I teased this on Twitter yesterday, it just, I just don't think this was necessary. Like, in my opinion, this was totally Marvel. It was all about the pride of like, we had the biggest pre-sale ever. All those headlines yesterday about, hey, we sold more tickets in six hours than anybody ever. Like, they kind of artificially manufactured that. They could have they could have randomly yeah. dropped these tickets on a fright on a Thursday afternoon at the end of February and less people would have bought them cause they were further out and they didn't have to announce it ahead of time. They could have just dropped it and people would have trickled in like usual as you know, infinity I, war didn't yeah. have this problem. They waited and waited so that we were talking on podcasts like, Ooh, where are the tickets? Why aren't they on sale yet? This is unusual. Why is it taking so long? And then there was all the people like, give us ticket sales. And then Twitter was, a, you know, all over it. And then people, everyone in the country, except for Rhiannon, knew what time they were going on sale. All of that stuff, like, created this flux so that it's like trying to buy Springsteen or U2 tickets instead of buying a movie ticket. And it just strikes me as it was all a little arrogant and self-indulgent. Keep in mind that these tickets still were technically dropped randomly. Yeah. I mean, mean, uh, Marvel Studios never did announce that they were selling it. It just so happened to leak accurately. You guys had an article on comicbook.com that said we've had confirmation that April 2nd's the date. Right. But show us the Marvel Studios post or something. It's just like a trade reporting something. I mean, obviously, Marvel Studios isn't officially sending a press release to uh, THR saying David Harbour's cast in Black Widow. You know, they find out other. I means. think you guys said Marvel has confirmed with us that these are coming on February. 2nd. I don't think. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it wasn't but, the but case. But even then, I mean, this was a random. I mean, yeah, this was a random drop. It would have been even worse if they had said two weeks ago, tickets go on sale April second. And if they had dropped them on a random Friday afternoon or something, I think you still would have gotten that rush. I mean, people are excited to see this movie. I think you would have gotten the same rush. You would have gotten the same response. What I'm wondering is 
what the sales would have been if they could have sold tickets for those first six hours. You know, how many people were like, eh, I'll just wait and buy a ticket when it comes out. Right. Imagine that. I mean, Fandango reported, you know, the first six hours number and AMC's website was down those six hours. So just think, I mean, I would love to see the books right now, how much money they made in, you know, the first 24 hours. I mean, I know for kicks in New York City, I've just gone around. Other than handicap seats, you cannot get a ticket before 11 o'clock Thursday night. It looks like every theater is going to have every single showing this and you can't get a ticket. Well, I mean, even even the theater I'm going to, that's sold out. Well, it's not sold out. There's like three single seats in the front row. But who's who's going to sit in the front row, you know, compared to I mean, that's the thing. I just went on to buy uh, Hellboy tickets earlier and I was the third and fourth person to buy tickets in the little seating chart thing. So at the same theater. Um, so that's just that's what's crazy. I'm just saying in the history of buying these tickets, I have always been able to go on take my time, be leisurely because I'm ahead of everybody and everybody mocks me. You bought tickets to a movie two months ahead of time. And so I just, it just feels, I don't like this. I don't want to do this thing. Like I have to do if I want to go see the Rolling Stones where you have to like wait for like live nation to flick on the switch. And then everybody scrambles to get them and you end up overpaying for tickets or getting ones you don't want because you're just desperate to get anything. I just, I don't like it. I don't like the whole process. It stinks. Uh, but that's the thing. I mean, the only reason Marvel's manufactured this or how they've manufactured it is they've made 21 very successful films. You know, I mean, this is the biggest movie. This is the biggest event movie of all time. You know, yeah. despite what... This is the Rolling Stones of <laughs> cinema. That's... It, and that's... Now I'm getting in my grouchy old man pedestal because it's kind of it kind of ties into like the disney and fox thing and yes i understand a lot of people at fox lost their jobs but there was this contingent of fans or analysts or whatever you want to call them that say disney's monopolizing the whole thing but it would have been that conversation if disney made poor movies right like if sony had bought fox you know i don't think it would have been that conversation you know or is that too assumptual or assumptious i don't know whatever the hell the word is assumptuous um, i like that word yeah is that it's a word sumptuous it's no. asumptuous it, i don't think it is i don't know sumptuous but... is a word but not <laughs> but you know it's just it's kind of the same thing you can't fault I mean, Lion King's probably almost going to be as big as Endgame, you know? No. It, you don't think so? No. I think it'll put up Infinity I mean, War numbers. It certainly won't put up Dumbo numbers. Say, how did Avatar get such high numbers? That's the thing. Like, it's so crazy. I don't remember Avatar, like, hype. Why was there even hype before Avatar? How did it get these astronomical numbers? I've never seen it. Fill me in. Avatar had a few weird things going on. One of it was it did huge overseas numbers. International audiences totally loved it. 
Uh, it was really boosted by its 3D numbers because it was a movie that was an essential 3D watch in a lot of people's mind. Maybe the only movie that's ever successfully pulled that off. And so that um, bloated its its fill-in. Um, but I don't know. Lots of people like it. I liked it. Uh, but it also ran forever. It was one of those movies like Titanic that released around New Year's and was just the only thing in theaters for three months back before that you know nowadays we started seeing stuff like black panther and captain marvel programming in february and march but it was released back in a day when nothing good came out until may and so that helped it but also just james cameron does that all the time with his movies he's amazing i didn't expect such a thorough and well-researched answer oh i love i'm like the world's only people are always picking on avatar I love those movies. I'm so excited about Do the Do you sequels. really? I love Avatar, yeah. And the thing that's crazy is no movies like even come close, right? I mean, we're still talking three to four hundred million away? Even more yeah. than that, maybe? Yeah. It's, it's just bonkers. I'm not craving the sequels. I mean, I'll probably watch the sequels. Uh, and I'm also really excited about going to that Disney World part. They've opened like a whole Avatar land where you can like ride the Banshees and stuff. I'm pumped up. But I'm very alone in that. Most of the world hates that movie. So, <laughs> All right. Are we ready to move on to something else in the news? Speaking of what, no, let's, let's stay on Avatar real quick one second. Okay. Did you guys catch James Cameron's quote about Aquaman? About he would never direct an Aquaman-like movie because it was too unrealistic? Yeah, he's got an obsession with what things look like underwater. So you're telling me they can have hair sex with dragons, and that's fine. But aqua, okay, that's that's for DC News Desk. <laughs> yeah, it's it, for it's him. It's so about bizarre. it's about the physics. Like he's done so much. Like like he owns a submarine yeah, and he spends yeah. half his life underwater. So he's just disturbed by the way the hair moves. Or it's that pressure getting to his head. I think. I think probably at, at this point he's so rich that he doesn't have to. Right. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. He can be like, he can offend anyone he wants to because he just will buy their house and burn it to the ground. You know, like he's just stupid rich. All right. So we got some casting today for black widow. It looks like David Harbor and Rachel Weiss are both on board, uh, to join Scarlet, Witch. this, uh, uh, in, uh, adds on to what we talked about last week with uh, Pew. I can't even remember her first name. So the cast Florence. is starting to fill out. What was that? Florence. What was that? The Adam? cast is turning. Florence. Am I breaking Florence up? Hello? Pugh. Yes, the cast is turning into Florence in the Machine. Ha, ha. <laughs> I know who was. Ha Okay, continue. Are you uh, are you excited about David Harbour and or Rachel Weiss? Hell yeah. David I... Harbour is so exciting. Yes. Very exciting. I mean, Rachel just, you know, she she was just nominated for an Oscar too. So, you know, that's that's pretty cool. Um Does David have any Emmys? I don't know. Good question. Everyone See, and that's the thing. Everyone's hating on uh Hating on Netflix these days, especially in the age of CinemaCon going on. But I mean, look at look at everyone on Stranger Things and where they're at now, between Harbor and Finn and Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, but 
by that logic, take a look at everybody that was on House of Cards and look at where they are now. Jill? True. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Making creepy-ass Instagram posts. Oh, I mean, man. I'm just saying you can't use that same logic. And those are like their two big one first hits. So Definitely those kids, though, are, I mean, they have big careers in front of them. All of them, I think. Stranger, yeah. And David Harbour is great. Like, um, I've for some reason gone to a few Stranger Things panels and seen him talk and everything. And I'm really excited about him joining the MCU. Has he gotten buff for Hellboy? I've not paid much attention. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was a bodysuit. Probably a combination of the both. I don't think he's shredded shredded by any means. Like the Transformation Zach Levi did or something. Um, but he could have been. I don't know. I'm just trying to guess at roles. Like he doesn't strike me as being a good fit for like a CIA FBI agent. Like he does a little better small town cop, I think. But I didn't know if maybe he's kind of more an FBI shape at this point in his career. I didn't realize he was actually Hellboy. Oh, yeah, he's Hellboy. Um, I could see him as a Russian. That's what I've been thinking. If we're going to Russia, if we're doing an origin story, that he could be some, uh, uh, yeah, on the Russian side. Yeah, like maybe even the Russian prime minister or I don't know, what did the Soviets have? Grand commander or whatever. (laughs) So the casting breakdowns, obviously, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, the female 30 to 39 Caucasian strong support, which went to Florence Pugh, the villain, um, 29 to 29 African-American strong support. And that's who they Hopefully thought. Hopefully not David Harbour. <laughs> no, that's not David Harbour. I'm getting that. And then the male 40 to 49 strong support. Male 40 to 50s doesn't need to be American, but needs to be able to believably play american good op for her so that is likely who he's playing because the other ones are female two euro male which is a 50 to 59 year old um and young girl which is what they thought camilla mendez was going to be from riverdale so i mean, it's still probably it's probably you know, i don't want to say like a jude law type thing but it's probably a one-off role um that's the only thing they didn't put any interested cast members anyways too when i saw the pictures today of rachel weiss i was like she is a lot older than i remember and then i realized that i remember her from the mummy which took place uh, i don't know 20 years ago so i guess she would be older than i remember so she just struck me as she would be perfect as like one of the women like training the red room you know like one of the uh older agents that's like in charge of bringing up Scarlett Johansson through the ranks or whatever. It's just a guess, but I have no idea. Uh, we've got some news that has leaked out and uh, not leaked, but come out of uh, Cinecon this week. Uh, if you don't keep up a cinema con, if you don't keep up with this, this is a big cinema convention where all the big studios make presentations. Um, when asked about Deadpool, Alan Horn had a slide ready with a tweet from Ryan Reynolds and confirmed that you will be seeing more of Deadpool in the years ahead, uh, even be, even though that the Disney uh, deal went through. Um, and all signs are that we're going to continue to have Deadpool as a R-rated movie in the MCU. or Well, not in the MCU, but in the world of Disney, which is, again, about the 8,000th time we've reported that, but nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Disney... Did we ever talk about this? Like the day that 
the Disney Fox thing was final, Deadpool showed up on the banner front and center yeah. on Disney Studios website or Dis- Walt Disney Company website. Like they have Deadpool front and center. They wouldn't do that if they didn't love Deadpool. Yeah, he was right up there with Avatar and Atlanta and a couple of, uh, and The Simpsons, some other big stuff that they purchased. So, uh, also coming out of CinemaCon, a lot more stuff about um, movies coming out. Uh, it looks like New Mutants is still going to get a theater release, which I think is a little surprising. Uh, also, they have shown footage of Dark Phoenix, and <laughs> this is shocking. People apparently are really into it, like. There was a lot of positive reviews out of the most recent uh, kind of showings that they did of just little clips and scenes for media. And suddenly it seems like the world is uh, excited about Dark Phoenix again. At least the media is. I met a random person today. Well, not met. I mean, a random person I was talking to today said, I'm really excited about Dark Phoenix. And, you know, I was like, wait, wait. Dang, I don't have a recorder handy. Could you say that again? <laughs> Are you guys surprised about how much goodwill they got out of that footage they showed the other day? Am I surprised? I'm surprised, yeah. I mean, I didn't expect it. I didn't anticipate it. Um, we'll see, <laughs> I guess. You know, I with what's been publicly released, I haven't been impressed. Um, so, yeah. I guess surprise would be an accurate statement for the reactions coming out of CinemaCon. Is it, I mean, could it be part nostalgic or, or something like this with, I mean, obviously they keep driving home the fact that this is it. You know, I, I know um, we had someone in the press room there and even even the actors were, you know, talking about the ultimate send-off and, and this being it for the franchise. So, I mean, could that play a part in it? I mean, the Maybe. thing is, I'm a sucker for all things cosmic, so I'll probably end up loving this damn thing. I mean, I ended up enjoying Venom, so... I mean, I'm not impressed right now. Um, but then again, I, I didn't see what was played at CinemaCon. And they, they've been showing this the, the same footage around, too. They showed this, like, train attack um, and some spacey-type stuff. And we still haven't seen Chastain, have we? Or have we? Briefly, maybe. She was in the trailer... Um, so yeah, I obviously I'll give it a shot, but yeah, some of the reviews I saw from like legit film critics said that the footage was as good to them as, um, days of future past stuff that they saw, which I, it just seems very lofty. I mean, the thing is they've made some decent movies there and so I don't think they're incapable of it. So I don't know. I'm hopeful that maybe this thing will go out on a relatively positive note. Uh, as you mentioned, Simon Kimberg has stated that this has always been intended as the end of the cycle of X-Men movies. Yeah, okay. I don't think that's true at all, Simon. Don't lie to us, but... Ugh. Yeah, that that was very unbelievable. I'm like, what? No, it's not. Why is... It, that's the thing. They, they have New Mutants coming out. I mean, where's New Mutants stand if Dark Phoenix was supposedly... The end was New Mutants meant to be out of the universe, you know? Yeah, it was also know. intended to come out before Dark Phoenix was, to be right. fair, to the Kinberg. Just a reminder that the uh, New Mutants trailer first dropped in, what, October 2017 it was? <laughs> I believe that's correct. 
Adam, let's talk about this story, which I find to be a really silly kind of story, but I know you've been doing some stuff with it. Um, so the other day there was an article out of Deadline that was an article about every comic character that has the word death in his name, I think. Like, this seemed to be the organizing principle of the article. And the article mentioned Deathlock and then stated there was a possibility that Deathlock was being circled by Marvel for a movie. Um, And then out of that, the actor who plays Deathlock on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started campaigning that he should be Deathlock in the other MCU movies. An odd story to me. What what are your, your thoughts on this, Adam? I know you've done some interviews and everything, I think, on it. Yeah, I actually spoke with him today. Super chill dude. Um, we'll probably get him on here, to be frank. Um, but it's, uh, it, I mean, it's a, the thing that surprised me most is how many people want to want to see this. Um, you know, and we were talking in the newsroom. I mean, we read this deadline um, piece, and we're sitting there, and we're like. This doesn't make sense. Why would they? Why would they write this? I mean, it seems. First of all, these places like Deadline and THR and Variety, they don't ever venture into this kind of territory. Often, you know, I mean, Entertainment Weekly is slowly starting to do more kind of feature base and things of that nature. Um, but like the, the 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 hard trades like Deadline and THR don't often do this kind of stuff. So I, I was first taken aback by the, they, I mean, this was essentially a deadline listicle, you know, I'm like, okay, uh-huh. well, deadline's getting into the list. So there's that. Uh, and then it was a completely throwaway line. I mean, it's like one of the last lines in the whole entire thing. So maybe it was just speculation, but, but people, you know, these outlets are typically kind of, but I mean, they, they, they don't run everything under the moon, you know, under the sun. Um, so it could, it could very well have, um, keeping in mind that they're running a listicle about characters with death right. in their name. So, I mean, right. yes, you're right, but I think that's changing very, very quickly. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, the whole, the whole landscape is so, I mean, obviously this, this could be, you know, the start of something, which, um, yeah, that's a whole nother topic, but I mean, they could, I, the thing is. Deathlock as the villain in Black Widow does make sense. Not necessarily the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Deathlock, um, but I mean the villain, you know, they, they describe the villain as a 20 to 29-year-old, you know, African-American male, um, which is pretty much, I mean, at least on the surface, is very Deathlock-esque, at least the past couple iterations of the character. Um, um, and with it, and it's huge. Uh, you know, speaking numbers wise, it's it's absolutely massive. Not quite saved Daredevil yet, but you know, Richards for Deathlock is gaining some steam. And like I said, he's uh, well, maybe I could pull it up and said what he said. He was obviously he would love to hop at the chance for the movie, but uh, you know, uh, Jay Flatout told me he totally understands what it takes to make the movie, and he gets it. If they choose another person to be Deathlock, he almost expects it, um, anticipates it. So yeah, it's just what it is. You you know how you know Twitter is. So they're they're running with it for now. They'll run with it, something else next week, and then the week after that. 
This what what I find interesting about this story is if this happens and they do put Deathlock in a Black Widow '90s prequel movie, as much as it's the most '90s villain possible, Deathlock. Um, basically, it's Marvel Studios going, "Welcome to Phase Four. Screw you, Agents of Shield." I mean, it just totally blows that out of the water. I think, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, no doubt about it. I mean, there's we you can't take Richards and put him in the movie and set in the '90s, right? Because we saw him turn into Deathlock on the show, right? Yeah, his origin is in the show. It it doesn't even matter if it's a different actor. I mean, to go, oh, there was a different Deathlock that was in the '90s. It's really, really similar. Like it would just to me, it's the final kiss off to the continuity of Agents of Shield, right? And the thing about that is, I mean, the vast, uh, the vast majority of MCU fans. I mean, do MCU most like do the movie watcher? The movie watchers wouldn't even know who Deathlock is. I mean, even when it comes to Agents of Shield, Deathlock's still a relatively small character. You know, even at the height, he wasn't a Phil Coulson. Uh, or a I would Quake, venture you know? to say thirty or forty percent of the people who saw him come back last season, as soon as they saw him, went. Oh wait a minute! Who's that guy again? Right. Like most, I mean, a, a bunch of the Agents of Shield viewers don't remember who Deathlock is. Yeah. I was, I was about but to yeah. ask if you have deep thoughts on Deathlock, Grianon. <laughs> well, no, I was going to seg into another topic of you know, but at least Agents of Shield brings Jeff Loeb massive joy because anybody that saw the video from WonderCon. Was it? Yeah, from WonderCon this past week, of Jeff Loeb announcing the Shield premiere date. It's prime Jeff Loeb, and he looks so freaking happy to be leading a chant about Agents of Shield. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I, I I'm sure I shared it on my Twitter. It is pure Jeff Loeb being happy. So you know. I, I'm, it made me feel good, you know, all this talk of him being like out of work and not having anything to do and all that. Dude looks happy. He, he looked in good spirits. Yeah, I mean, he had that plus uh, the Runaways renewal. I mean, it was a good week for Jeff Loeb. Now, did you guys see the minute of footage they showed um, at WonderCon yes. of Agents of Shield? Yes, and it raised plenty of questions. I did not. I feel so out of the loop. Tell me about it, Adam. Or Kayla. Basically, it's Melinda May and um, Yo-Yo are on the ground after being hit by an explosion or something. And Melinda gets up and she looks at the smoke and the smoke gets kind of purpley. And then a giant armored Mack truck flies through like a portal and she has to jump out of the way. And the driver of the truck gets out. They show only his shoes and you go, oh, it's Coulson. And then they pan up and it's Coulson. And he pulls like a, I don't know, it looks like a staple gun out of his pocket. And there's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. there that's like, stop where you are. We're we're never going to give you this person. And he's like. Give her to me. I only ask once. And the guy's like, no, you're you're an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then Coulson said, S.H.I.E.L.D. never heard of it. And then he blows the guy away with his staple gun zapper thing. Speaking of 90s comic book villains, that delivery by Clark Gregg, 
I, it just kind of rubbed me. I'm like, oh, that's kind of gross. <laughs> Uh, so I mean, would I miss anything? There was like one little split no, no, second exactly of Mac off screen. He seemed to be in like you know Shield Central or whatever. Yeah, no, yeah, you hit you hit it on the head. I mean, they said so. They said at the panel it takes place a year after season five. Um, so it's post snap, and she. I don't know. It just. That's the thing. Getting into continuity and stuff. Um, obviously, it's post snap. Are they going to reference it? If Shield exists in the MCU again, because they had the Shield SUVs with the uh, branding and stuff, the decals on the doors, and, and everybody's such, wearing and jackets with Shield logos and stuff. It, yeah, jackets and stuff. Um, you know, are they going to talk about it? Does Surely if S.H.I.E.L.D. exists in a post-snap world, that's like the go-to organization to hold everything together. So, theoretically, it would be a big part of Avengers Endgame, right? I mean, unless, unless I mean, because my prediction all along has been that whatever they do in Endgame is going to undo the snap completely. Like, people won't know that they got saved. They'll just go back to life. That it, it that somehow they'll reset time with it, and I think that's why they had to wait so long. They're premiering this season the week after Endgame comes out. Are they trying to ride the hype, or are they needing the snap to be on? That's a very good point. So you're suggesting this takes place in the new timeline, or the timeline before yes. the snap? Well, that makes sense. Yes. I don't love this Coulson stuff because my gut suspicion. Is that they wrote and they talked a little bit about how they'll end seven se- season seven and they were like, well, we'll we'll give it an ending that feels like the ending of the show if it needs to be, but can continue to an eight if it needs to be. And I'm kind of suspicious that they're doing the same thing with Colson that they did with Brett Dalton, where they didn't know if they'd have another season. And so they wanted to kill Colson meaningfully. But now that they know they have more, they're like, oh, crap, we've got to find a way to bring him back. Um, let's make him evil. Like, it just feels very TV writer, seat of our pants. We're just going to make stuff up as we go along. It doesn't feel like this is a very organic development, that this is a writer's room that was given a second life that they didn't expect to get. It feels like a comic book. (laughs) It's true. No, sorry, I just wanted to point out the fact that you just compared Phil Coulson to Grant Ward. I mean, I'm very nauseous at the moment. Adam, I have such a surprise for you. I'm so excited. What? Can't tell you. It's a surprise. <laughs> are you? Are I don't. Okay. What I, am I going to Wales Comic Con so nothing. I can see Brett Dalton and get him to take a picture saying Adam, I love you? No, I won't take it. I'll delete it. <laughs> I'll take I'll it. I'll take it. I'll Probably. hang it up on my wall, man. It's gonna be our new it. icon. Probably. <laughs> That could be, yeah, we'll make that the podcast logo. <laughs> Brett Dalton's face. Uh, yeah, but it does feel like a similar move to me. Like, I don't know. They knew that Brett Dalton, they wanted the twist of Dalton, like, turning at the end of season one, but they didn't want to get rid of him. And so they just kept manufacturing weird ways to bring the actor back, so. Yes, but have you guys ever read a comic book? Or watched a show that's made it to six seasons? I mean, it is what it is. 
and I like having Clark Greg. Uh, I like having Clark Greg on the show. I, I, I'm down for it. Like I'm attached to him. I don't want him to go. So if Coulson has to die, I'll take wonky storyline that brings Coulson back in whatever evil villain form they have to do. All right, yeah, let's talk about that Endgame trailer. Um, I was surprised when this happened. They gave us an extra minute of footage, almost all new, uh, when the tickets went on sale. Uh, And it was even more revealing of plot than I thought that we would get. Um, Rhiannon, I'll I'll start with you. What did you find anything particularly interesting in the new footage that we got um, yesterday? So I was spoiled on the trailer before I ever got a chance to watch it because again have to work um, and any not working time was taken up with trying to buy tickets um, I mean but obviously the Cap Tony uh, you know reunion them making up here we go they're on the same team that's obviously like the big the big detail I have a super huge one Is go ahead Adam con? But Caleb can I go was just going to say, along those same lines, oh. Pepper and Tony uh, hugging. Meh. Like, the fact that they, like, re- like there was so much tension in that first trailer of, is Tony ever going to see Pepper again before one of them dies? And then this trailer's like, yeah, they will. Don't worry about it. Like, it really does kill some of the emotion of the first trailer, in my mind. What was your really big one, Adam? Um, well, besides Rocket being the best character in the whole entire MCU, um, in no shape, way, or form has all of the footage they've shown us been from the first 15 minutes of the movie. No, not, not possible. It is not possible that every frame of footage they've given us is from the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, I'd agree with you at this point. Right? Thank you. I'm saying, I'm going the length, I think it's first act. You know, I'm I'm expanding it out, let's say, the first hour. Okay? But, I mean, the New York scene, um, yeah. Sorry, I'm not sure if I, I'm directing discussion away from where no, you you're want fine, to take it. No, you're fine, you're fine. But, it, it's, I would say first act, maybe. I think... This destruction we see is going to be kind of the the end cap to the first act before they start going on their funky quantum realm. Would stuff. you guys be upset if it's nonlinear? If like that, all of that stuff does happen in the first fifteen minutes, and then it's like, oh wait, let's go fill in some gaps. Uh, I don't think so. That wouldn't bother me. I mean, it wouldn't bother me, but I don't know. The whole thing is so confusing. Because we've talked about like Black Widow hair dating stuff. There's that scene where they're all in the spaceship. And I was just like, Avengers in space. I was so pumped to just like see the team like on space. But Black Widow's got the short blonde hair in that scene. Which suggests it's like super early. Like maybe before they even get Hawkeye. Like there's some people like hypothesizing that like Tony will get back. And then immediately they'll run to go fight Thanos. And then they'll get defeated by Thanos in the first like act. And then they'll go back to Earth, tail between their legs, and then try another plan. It's just so hard to put all this stuff together. So, that one shot, is that the shot they're actually in space? Cause look, So look at that sequence. I'm pretty sure there's three different shots. We never see the Avengers actually in space. You see the Benatar shooting off 
from the planet, and then all of a sudden it's in hyperspeed, and then you see inside the cockpit. I don't think that's one concurrent. Oh, you think it was just cut together shot. in Obviously, funny ways? Well, I, I, I very yeah, it, it's it is cut together. It's got to be. Um, I mean, they but that's the thing. The footage description from the investor meeting is they go to space. Um, but I don't think it was this shot. Maybe it was a different shot. I don't know. There's so much trickery. And that's the thing. I mean, none of this footage could be even in the movie at all. Well, and I don't know if we ever talked about this. The Russos got real explicit where they're like, yeah, we film stuff just for the trailers to create a narrative specific to the trailers, i.e. to lie our butts off to you. What, three weeks, four weeks, four weeks from today, tomorrow. Um, I was going to say three weeks from tomorrow, Adam. Or four weeks, depending on where you want to go, you know. Yes, three weeks from tomorrow. So we also got Thanos in this trailer more than we have before. And it just made me want him to be dead so bad. Like that condescending little, you couldn't handle your failure and so you've come back to me. It's like, shut up, you little great man. I don't know. It's just, I hate him more and more as time goes on. So, Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah, we all hate him. We're supposed to hate him. He's going to die, right? I think so, yeah. One of the things I think that shows how well they built this is I don't know who I want to kill Thanos most. I feel like half a dozen characters all have like a good claim to deserving to be the person that finishes him off. Which is why it has to be Ant-Man. Oh, no. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Here we go. He's the one with the least reason to need to kill Thanos. He doesn't have to watch anybody dust away. So he should be the one to kill him. Because it's the one you're least expecting. Except it should for be like did. a phase six movie. Is it? Uh, who's the next Ant-Man after Scott Lang? He's like more villainous Ant-Man. Anyways, the whole movie should be like... Ser- Black Ant? No, there's another, uh, it's like Pym and then Scott Lang and then there's another one in the comics. Mm-hmm. But this is what, the, I mean, Ant-Man 6 should be just Ant-Man as a serial killer going up to people really small, going into different body orifices and just exploding out of them and ripping them to shreds. Oh, this just took a <laughs> dark turn. We might get slapped with the explicit rating now. <laughs> the explicit rating is voluntary. Yeah, is it? you slap it on yourself. So we could okay. do a <laughs> one that was like, Comics Corner so, for kids, and then just swear all day long. I guess people uh, could seems... report you or something. I don't know how that works, but yeah. Um, I mean, the Infinity Gauntlet no longer works. Oh, really? That was pretty explicit. Yeah. I didn't catch that. How's that? Thanos came down to wherever he is with like the Q-ship beam versus the Space Stone. Oh, I thought that just was the Space Stone. But... The gauntlet either doesn't work or it is before he has the Space Stone. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. We've got to be careful. If we make too good of predictions, somebody will come back in three weeks. Well, you ruined the, the, Endgame, okay, so guys. here's the thing. <laughs> Yeah, I already see that. But, I mean, the thing that they're completely different effects. I mean, 
some people are speculating it's the Bifrost, but I don't think it's not the. I heard it was Boom Tubes. Stuff. It's the Q ship when Boom Tubes. There you go. Did you the s- most ambitious crossover? Did you see this? There's somebody who saw that effect and like, well, Zack Snyder got another thing stolen by Kevin Feige. <laughs> Someone said yes. that on the internet yes. in public. Good lord. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying something far more valid than what I said, but no, I'm just saying it's yeah, it's definitely not the space stone effect. Uh, it's more than likely like the Q ship. It looks like when uh, Ebony Maw and Cold Obsidian were beamed down to New York, which does bring up all kinds of questions. I want to know how that technology works. Like how how do they beam people? How far can you beam people? What's the uh... What's the distance on that thing, you know, like? Uh, well, you know, Thanos probably uses pin particles, so there's no real science to it. Again, have you ever read a comic book? Well, yeah, but there has to be rules for <laughs> the universe, okay. okay? I want to know, like, Tony can't, I assume, beam himself from Titan to Earth. He actually has to travel by... Sh- I hope they talk a little bit more about these jump points and how they work. Because at this point, I want a little more logic to my universe. I'm past, oh, it's a jump point. But then sometimes it takes 22 days to get to a jump point or 22 hours like in Captain Marvel. Do you notice that? Like they needed Yon-Rog out of commission for a day. And so it takes him forever to get to a jump point. But every other time people have used it, they're like 10 minutes away from a jump point. It just while we're on the topic, why did Thanos need to give Loki the Tesseract if there's a jump point right outside of Earth for the alien invasion. Maybe the jump point is only connected to Hala. Look, if this movie is three hours long because they're explaining the science of jump points, I am going to (laughs) pee in the aisle in defiance. I love that. Adam and I are going back. Rihanna's like, oh no, they're at it again. (laughs) There's an intermission that's just 15 minutes of Michael Douglas so the PIM particle, in order to work, <laughs> I know many of you are worried about that suitcase building. Let me explain it to you. Yes. Now if there's 15 but, I minutes mean, of... It would make a good post credit scene. Sure. The post credits. No, if, if, if PIM explains the physics of Ant-Man and makes them work, then that would be worth all three hours of holding whatever everybody's holding. <laughs> jump points okay they can give it 30 seconds of our three-hour movie or wait until the next cosmic whatever make it a line in guardians 3 guardians 3 is a little fourth wall breaking ish <laughs> the end credit scene is just hi i'm james gunn i wasn't fired and now i'm going to explain jump points to you <laughs> no you can have rocket being like dude it's amazing how these jump points on earth only take a minute to get to but the ones over here take this long this is why Gunn's got to get back to those Q&As he'd do. I know he doesn't want to probably be on Twitter, but these are the kind of things he would answer in a fan Q&A that would make me happy. All right, let's go to our main conversation, which is more Endgame. Um, there has been lots of speculation that there are potentially scenes from older movies alluded to and maybe some of the footage that hit this week. Uh, we've heard lots of conversation about time travel. And so, as we're talking about what to talk about this week, we talked a little bit about our, just like the big moments in the history of the MCU and the things that we love um, so far in the movies. And so, I guess we figured we would talk about what is a moment in the history of the MCU that you would like to see relived in some way, shape, or form 
in Avengers Endgame. I mean, if they do time travel or they somehow do a greatest hits where they take us back through these different moments, where do you want to see us go back to? So, um, Adam, you said you had one and I'll let you go first. So no one can steal it from you. What would you like to see come back, uh, in Endgame? I am totally on team Xandar. Um, specifically the attack on Xandar. Um, there's been theory after theory after theory, and it's starting to make a lot more sense where, um, the actual big third act battle of this is on Xandar before he gets the power stone. Um, so I think that's definitely something that would be super, 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 super cool. Um, I guess that's right now. That's the most, that's the one event I do want to see. And now I think I'm totally understanding your question. You want, the question was what event we want to see again. Yeah. Or something they time travel to. Was that the original question? That's fine. Xandar's, you know, the battle on Xandar is like alluded to in infinity war. So, so kind of sort, I just, I think it'd be super, super cool. And it's the perfect segue into so much cosmic goodness stuff. Obviously, some Nova Corps cadet running along, and they say, "Hey, Richard, blah blah blah," or "Hey, Sam, blah blah blah." Go, go get this. Um, obviously, that's a pie in the sky type deal. Uh, there was one super interesting once. Uh, someone was saying, well, not someone, Twitter. Um, several people on Twitter were saying that the um, destruction actually seen in the trailer would be on Xandar, which would explain why. Thanos isn't using the space stone is because he doesn't have it. And he also has his armor on because he doesn't have the power stone yet either. Which also makes sense. And we see him take the armor off after he gets the space stone in Infinity War. Right. Right. Which also makes sense because he still has the armor on. Well, it would make sense because, I mean, even if he did have the Power Stone, that's something that could raise Xandar as seen in the destruction. But he still does have the armor on with the Power Stone while fighting Hulk. Um, So, I mean, that's kind of the thing. Obviously, that's almost too close to... It it makes a lot of organic sense, which makes me believe that it's not going to happen whatsoever. Um, Is just kind of how these movies work. Um, but yes, I would love to see the Battle of Xandar. Um, especially, I would guess, by now, Carol Danvers has some ties to it. Um, so there's some stuff they could shoehorn in there. Yeah, there's also been uh, some rumors that maybe we see Morag in the trailer, which is the planet that uh, is housing the Power Stone at the beginning of Guardians. So, like, there's an idea that maybe somehow the crew tries to steal it, the steal the orb before Star-Lord shows up to get it uh, from Guardians 1, which I think would be interesting. And that, that's the thing. I don't like time travel the way it is. It's going to be bonkers. I mean, what? How, I just want to see how this is going to work. Are, are they actually going to do time travel, or are they going to quantum realm it before the snap? I, You know, I don't know. Um, are they going to use Tony Stark's barf to look at situations so that they don't create time paradoxes? Are they, I don't know. So many questions. So as a big cap fan, I really want to see cap and Peggy together just one more time. 
just to like give him that opportunity to have closure. Uh, maybe ask if he can go out with her grandniece. No, that would probably be uncomfortable. Uh. But um, you know, <laughs> but generally speaking, like to let Pag- Peggy and Cap have that dance finally, I think would be very touching. Is the kind of thing I want to see. I also think there could be some fascinating tension if there is time travel where Cap is going to want to use it to go save Bucky. You know, like in his head, he'll be like, Bucky spent 70, 80 years trapped in Hydra's like frozen tundra place living, you know, this terrible existence. And we've seen that Cap can kind of lose his head sometimes when it comes to keeping Bucky safe. And I think there'd be a really interesting moment if they're like, come on, we have to go get the Tesseract. And he's like, but I could go save Bucky. And they're like, shut up, Cap, come on. Um, I think that could be a really interesting tension to go back to first Avenger stuff. So let me run this by you. If you're a huge Cap fan, let's say this. Um, another thing is that the Cap and Tony handshake, a lot of people think that's digitally altered. And that's actually the Avengers Cap in there. So... What about, do you think it's plausible that Cap, present day Cap dies in that first act fight, so they have to then go back in time for whatever reason and get um, the Avengers Cap from the Battle of New York, and he helps them defeat Thanos then at the end, since they know how to travel through time, he ends up going back um, to Peggy's era, the 40s or whatever, and they get their dance, and the movie cuts to black. So Cap does die, yes, but he also has secretly been alive the whole time as well. See, I don't. Jeez, <laughs> that's the thing with time paradoxes and stuff. But what I mean, he he's either he's going to get his dance with Peggy either way. So whether it be that he gets killed and it's some kind of creepy, weird Punisher death sex sequence. I don't believe that's going to happen. But <laughs> dance, okay, dance sequence, or he actually does go back in time and stays there, which would destroy the timeline. But but yeah, it would give us like room. secret cap, like we could, I don't know. And that's the thing. Technically, that way, yes, Cap does die, but yes, Cap is in an alternate timeline or something of that nature, in another dimension. I'm I'm half expecting that to happen, that they're going to find a way to kill people that sends them to an alternate universe so that 15 years from now, if they want to reboot these franchises, they can bring them back from the alternate universe and it'll be a different actor. And they'll be like, oh, my, the years in the alternate universe has changed your appearance. Hmm. <laughs> Almost completely. Like, I totally think. Yeah, <laughs> I think that could totally be somewhere they go. Rhiannon, is there a moment from these movies that you'd love to see him return to via time travel? I mean, I just, I don't know. It's a little bit when I was thinking about this was like going back to any of those moments from the first Avengers movie. Um, yeah, the Chitauri invasion or something. Because they were just babies. You know, they were just figuring everything out. And, like it was completely different Avengers. And now like they've seen some stuff. So... I don't know, a little bit of contrast of that right together. I expect a little bit of that in this movie. The contrast of who they were 10 years ago and who they are now. So I look forward to some of that. There is a lot of theory. I mean, even a couple of the shots in this trailer are lit 
in such a way and like Iron Man is flying around midtown Manhattan basically like to make you think that that could be a scene from the Battle of New York. And so I think it's and we've also seen um foot or paparazzi photos that suggest that we might be going back to the Battle of New York. So I think it would almost be funny if that big circular or like that one shot they do in Avengers that everybody loves if they like redo that but they pull out and the older Avengers are like all one block out in proximity, like actually defeating the Shatari. Right. And the original <laughs> Avengers are just like cleaning up the mop up duty. <laughs> Where it's all just Carol going around, like actually taking out the right. Shatari. Yeah. Stark's like, wow, we did a great job today, guys. And Carol's just in the background, like, oh, he always takes credit for what I do. <laughs> I think there's a possibility this turns into like MCU greatest hits. Where they just like move from scene to scene to scene, time hopping, and we see like new little wrinkles on Cap in World War Two and Iron Man in the cave, and you know Doctor Strange, ac- Doctor Strange's accident, and uh, maybe a scene from Ultron and a scene from Thor: The Dark World. I don't know. Like, does that interest you? This idea of like revisiting all these old movies and kind of having this nostalgia trip or is that not interesting to you as a viewer? I mean, there again, if we're spending a budget, I I don't want any wasted time in this movie. They're justifying three hours. Every single thing in this movie needs a purpose. So if there are nostalgic moments, I want them to have a purpose. I want them to be, you know, very relevant to whatever's going on. And that seems kind of off-brand for the Russos. Obviously, it'd be new footage and things of that nature, but maybe some, but I really don't want, you know, Acts 2 and 3 just from, hey, look at the Battle of New York. Hey, look at Peter Quill getting the Power Stone or the Guardians sneaking the Power Stone off as Quill and Korath fight or, you know, Ego or what have you, you know. Um in little bits, you know, like in a montage of sorts, maybe. But the majority of the movie, hopefully it's something completely new and completely bonkers. One of the things that I have been excited about is the Russos have talked about how Infinity War was the hard movie to make. Uh, and then again, that today there was a tweet by Scott Derrickson where he said that Joe Russo caught him at the bathroom at uh, Marvel HQ. And he said, he explained to me the two movies and the progression. And I said, if you can pull off the first one, the second one will be unbelievable. And we know that they've pulled off the first one. And so it's just so exciting. It sounds like this one is just going to be a slam dunk. You know, the Infinity War was the more technical part of their program. And now we're just going to go have fun with it. So we're into the freestyle. It's that was both a sports and a gymnastics, I think, uh, or, or ice skating reference. So we probably have zero viewers that actually have any idea what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking kind of dressage to really just alienate everybody. Uh, what the hell's dressage it's horse stuff. It's like English saddle horse riding, right? It's competitive. It's competitive horse prancing. Oh, I thought that was dressage. My bad. 
that's Kim that's Kardashian. okay. You can say dressage, exactly. and uh, Rhiannon can say avatar. So <laughs> dressage. Uh, it's like ice skating in that there's a freestyle. <laughs> and there's also a horse. Dude, if they did ice skating with horses, I would watch the Winter Olympics a whole lot more. Can you imagine that? I will send you all so dressage gross. videos shortly. Oh. <laughs> when we get to episode like 492, we can just do an episode where each of us talks 15 <laughs> minutes about something that no one will care about. Like just our most idiosyncratic... <laughs> interest you know by then that's why we need a tv show so we can go out in the field and show hey this is what dressage <laughs> oh my gosh is. adam you doing dressage <laughs> this is adam Ballenhart, oh. and i'm here so to do really some dressage. About dressage google stephen colbert dresses jack espo with the mcu videos where stephen colbert goes on and does dressage uh but anyways the freestyle yeah they they i'm excited i'm excited are you guys excited? We are. We're so excited. We'll probably talk about this every week for the next forever. You guys, it'll be three weeks after. At the least the next too. three weeks. Yep. I mean, that's why I'm like, listeners, that's if true. you want something else, we'll never game, stop talking. Let about us this know. If not Send more, us your ideas, because otherwise it's going to be all in game all the time. Pretty soon we can start making our what we want phase. Excuse me, what we want phase five to look like. Because thus far as a podcast, whenever I throw phase four in the title, we get lots of listens. But we're about to be in phase four, so we'll have to make it what phase five should be. Because people always like to think about the future. Well, we might as well start talking about that right now. Because, I mean, phase four is technically... It's a good chunk of it's well, pretty much in the books, yeah. If not all of it by now. Yeah. At phase five. Get ahead of the Phase group. seven. <laughs> <laughs> Guardian Seven and Iron well, Man. Well, we already 20. have Ant Man Six figured out, so we're get, we're we're ahead of things. All right, let's do the mailbag. Uh, Love Waffle um, has mentioned. I think this is very true. We talked about Jolie last week. Angelina Jolie joining Eternals, and um, he said that we've heard there'll be a focus between Cersei and Icarus as romantic leads, uh, but then also that there's supposed to be an openly gay male lead. And it's like, well, what's going on there? And he was just saying that from what he can tell, and I think this is true, there's not going to be a single lead to this movie. I think that Eternals is meant to be an ensemble piece. And so Angelina Jolie will probably be one of the four or five most important characters, but there will be a lot of quote-unquote leads in that movie. And I think that's true. Um Also, if you want a more discussion about what happened to AMC's website, Uberku... Uh, tweeted between me uh, and Marvel Studios. I posted something. It was incredible. He gave like a whole rundown of how websites work and how traffic works and why AMC's uh, website fell apart. So if you're interested in that, you can see that. Uh, Lots of positive stuff uh, coming in about the... um, Uh, about the um, supercut with Charles. So please continue to watch that. Also, uh, we did get one comment on our cloak and dagger review, somebody who didn't feel like it's comic accurate enough. So that was interesting. Um, Wait, your review or cloak and dagger? Oh, (laughs) the cloak and dagger was not comic accurate enough. My review. I, I think they didn't like my review because I did not fuss about how 
comic inaccurate the show is. Uh, Matt Turner Toad on Twitter gave us a question. Uh, do you think Tony's premonition from Age of, Age of Ultron will come to pass in Endgame? My 10-year-old son says the end scene in the latest trailer is in the same place. I'm not sure if it is the same place, but that is interesting. Wasn't it in space? Like, it almost looked like Thanos' chair spot. Thanos. Yeah. It's interesting that the vision that Cap sees is um, is a dance with Peggy. That'd be really weird if all of Scarlet Witch, Witch's visions in Age of Ultron actually were places that we go to in Endgame. I didn't even consider that. That's totally possible. Okay, so and that's the other thing. There's there's speculation that Thor assembles a, an army of the undead too, which would also fit in line with that. And Ultron was the first time Endgame was mentioned, right? Way to ruin the movie, guys. Yeah. Well, now yeah, we just spoiled it too. It's it's the ant all Jeez. over. Are we gonna? Uh, are we going to call out like Endgame post credits or not? Oh, I ooh, I assume there'll be one Spider-Man and one Eternals. Well, I think it's just going to be Ebony Maw playing the drums. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Mm. Looks like you got some uh, Twitter conversations back and forth with somebody about Moon Knight this week, Adam. Yeah. Hell yeah, why not? See, I am not the only person that wants Moon Knight in the MCU. But I am the only person who wants Iron Fist in the MCU. So <laughs> it evens out. Yeah, so you can go hang out with that person that's excited about um, Phoenix. About Dark Phoenix. Awesome. <laughs> Not those people, that person. <laughs> that person. That singular one person. All right, uh, we're going to wrap up the show. Um, if you would like to interact with the show, we can do uh, we do live streams of the podcast, usually on Wednesday evenings for our $5 and above Patreon level. So if that's something you're interested in, we'd love for you to join us over on Patreon. Uh, often Michael T. Ford III's on here and some other folks. Uh, other people just watch the pod uh, sometime between Wednesday and Sunday to get early access. So if you're interested in that, patreon.com slash marvelnewsdesk. $5 or more will get you uh, either on the live stream or at least get you the unedited video pod ahead if you just want to see our smiling faces. Um, you can interact with us by... Uh, Twitter at Marvel News Desk. Also send us messages on the MarvelNewsDesk.com posts each week. Uh, if you are, we mentioned the Patreon, any level of Patreon gets you early access to videos. We did early access to the Supercut. We did early access to the Cloak and Dagger review. All that stuff is always there, as well as you get a couple of extra podcasts that we did just for patrons. So uh, that includes our MCU film ranking episode and our MCU debates episode. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash marvelnewsdesk. Our YouTube channel is watch.marvelnewsdesk.com, and more subscribers to that is excellent. Uh, if you want the show to be more visible to others, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Most important thing you do is listen and tell your friends, and we appreciate that. Thanks to Tim Cox for our logo. He's on Instagram at Tim V. Cox, And Alvin gave us our theme music, which I forgot to put in last week. You can find his music at The Skull School, and that's on a variety of social media platforms. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll talk about Endgame again. So, hope to see you then as we get hyped for this movie. We'll see you guys later.
Uh, were we going to talk about the in-game footage or is that? Yeah, later? I was going to do that at, as well, soon as we're sure done with the news. We figured we'd do it as trailers. Oh. As our listeners can tell, we have detailed show notes that we go over as a group before we start. Well, I remember that we have an order of events that we do. And it involves trailers after Typically. the news. I totally haven't paid attention. Wow, Adam. First it was, <laughs> no, that makes first it was the now, naming now conventions it, on but... your files. Now it's knowing the order of the show. I mean, jeez. Hey, I fixed that, man. I sure as hell got my ass in gear on By that. By our That's episode, we're going to have Adam so trained. <laughs> He might even edit. <laughs> By three hundred, he might edit. It doesn't mean I hate. I hate. I hate it. I don't like that. The, it should be month, day, year, not. But whatever, you know, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's you fine. would not. It's fine. I'm alright. You would right. not do well in Europe. Yeah. Uh, that's the way all Europeans do it: is date, month, year. But it needs to be year, month, well, day. I'm not European. When you save files so that they save in the right order. Year, month, day. I was waiting for something really jingoistic and Iowan out of you there, Adam, about what those Europeans can do with their dates or whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't care. You know, to each their own. I'm just saying I don't. We have different filing systems. Like, I, I don't keep everything in one file. I put, like, the files within, like, a month, and then that month goes in a year. So I don't have to have one folder. So what I do is after the podcast then release, I just delete the old file. It's gone. That's what I need to do. When Caleb goes in, there might be two or three weeks of podcasts up there, but no more. It actually sometimes makes me nervous to get it as fast (laughs) as possible. I'm like, I got to get this before it runs out of space and deletes it. So, yes, this is real behind the scenes. No one cares. But I have about 8,000, <laughs> seriously, 110 files from Adam and one from Rhiannon on our <laughs> file system. Well, you want me to delete it? No, I don't want, care. I, I figure, I don't know what happens if it what happens if it No, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'll delete if it. If all I'm of our you. files Rhiannon's crap just out. just jealous of her space. If all of our files crap out, we are not going back and re-editing 100 podcasts. It's just <laughs> that's true. Caleb has backups of I'm all of the it. final edited podcasts. We're not going back and re-editing them, so our little like individual files don't need to hang around. Now I totally save true. a copy on my computer. Consider like, them deleted. Back, I mean, Caleb and I have talked about it. He doesn't need to be so anxious. I've started waiting a little longer till I delete them. Once the thing's published, then I figure we'll just take the file off. You know, Blueberry. So. 